All right, it's recording. Okay, hi, welcome back to Dear Younger Me, fellow listeners, all three of you. <laughs> Today, I have a very special guest with me. She is one of my roommates who I have gotten to know for the past six, six months. Yeah, six months. And I'm going to let herself introduce let her introduce herself to you, and then we'll go ahead and get into the topic. But for those of you who don't know, Dear Younger Me is a podcast dedicated to giving advice to people's younger selves. And so, hopefully, throughout these different episodes, you'll get little nuggets of wisdom from older people, so that you know you can you can live life not having to repeat mistakes that other people have made <laughs> that's my goal that, that older older thing personally yes yes <laughs> so yeah without further ado i'm gonna let my roommate introduce herself so thank you for having me jamie <laughs> um we always have such passionate discussions mostly me talking uh getting on my soapbox but uh yeah uh, Jamie and I have been in the house together for the past six months, and it's been really cool to get to know her. I'm currently uh, doing my graduate degree at Northwest University in community development, and I hail from South Africa. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I've been around the world a little bit um, from the Netherlands to DC to here and and I've uh, picked up a lot of controversial thoughts <laughs> that's good of my own we need those and so I think that's um what Jamie's challenging me on and what also uh made her think that I would be a worthy candidate for this for of this course for this pod- podcast yeah uh, so yeah, I'm happy to be here. I think um, I'm known by my friends and my acquaintances as a challenging person. So mm-hmm. I'm, although I wouldn't say that I'm old, please, <laughs> dear Lord, I'm only 25. Um, I would, yeah, I would say that my experience has uh, shaped my views in a very uh, not like non-traditional way yeah and and yeah yeah I think it qualifies me to have something to say yeah for sure and can I get a name from you (laughs) (laughs) sure (laughs) Kayla (laughs) yes yes my roommate's name is Kayla (laughs) (laughs) great yeah so it's gonna be pretty open-ended but I just wanted to ask you you know like as you are now like what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self Right, so we we got on this topic. Well, Jamie told me about her podcast uh, because I was constantly ranting about Christian subculture, mm-hmm. and I think uh, to answer that question within that context, uh, there's a lot of things that I would tell myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pick the most important. The most important. Before I before I answer your question, I think it's you know before we started recording, I think it's important to define what I see as the Christian subculture. Yeah. And I, what I understand as it, it is that it's a, it is its own group of people. We share a specific language, the way we talk about things, 
um, you know, we say corporate worship, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went on a date with a guy from Bumble, and he, on his profile it said Christian. And he grew up a normative Catholic, right? So mm-hmm. he's just, because his grandparents are Catholic, he identifies as Christian. But when I use the term corporate worship, he was like, what's that? You know, and so it's the it's little things like that that we don't pick up on because it's such a normal normal thing we talk about in mm-hmm. our Christian circles. Um, and that's just one thing is the language. I mean, we joke about a Christianese. Yeah. Another thing is the way we um, accept dating rules within the Christian church, right? With how men are supposed to lead or pursue, how women are supposed to submit and await the pursual or if you are more closer to the feminist movement, you know, that it gets to this, it gets to a very defined line where you either feel included or excluded in the culture um, based on what your beliefs are on gender norms. So mm-hmm. it's, I think um, that's just my biggest soapbox is that we don't understand how deeply the Christian subculture can actually hurt people mm. who have found refuge in Christ. And and I think, I mean, even I was telling you yesterday, there's so many people who grew up in the church and they have left the faith because they've just been so hurt. And you know what? Good for them. Because if they didn't leave, then people wouldn't hopefully start realizing that it's their actions representing you know uh, relig- this religion christianity that are sincerely hurting people and not um not valuing them for for the dignity and the the right to be loved and accepted Right. Um, that they have. So, what I would tell my younger self before is, we go into that. So, yes. are there certain, I guess <clears throat> maybe like tenets mm-hmm. of of this Christian subculture? Like, are there certain things that define that subculture? Like you mentioned, it was language, and mm-hmm. then there's also like gender norms. Like, are there other things mm-hmm. that are included? Yeah, uh, language, gender norms, um, social connections. Mm-hmm. Um, um, how we relate to our parents and our elders, um, how we define our own self, our own agency. Okay. Um, I think, uh, how we also, um, attach our identity to, um, institutions and, um, groups. So for example, if you are, uh if you are charismatic you're immediately identified with you know all of the unexplainable things about christianity that go with that right it's mm-hmm. and so then it's a very very good example a friend of mine grew up baptist her father is still very baptist mm-hmm. um she is not at all mm-hmm. Baptist, but she's um, working for an Anglican church. But the first thing she re- reassures her father of when she told him about the guy she's dating is that he's not <laughs> not a crazy charismatic, even though he goes to a charismatic church. And so those are just little things that uh, that that 
um, create defining lines mm-hmm. that say you're either in or you're out. You're accepted or you're not accepted. Mm-hmm. You are a part of the correct culture or you're not. Um, and and I mean, I'm sure we all have that in society, even mm-hmm. outside of organized religion. You have politics that divide right. people like that. But I'm, I think with if we just look at Christian subculture across the board that exists so deeply that people don't are not realizing that that's something that um that really divides what we so confidently proclaim as the body of Christ right or the this this and this so again with that language that metaphor but again or I mean, more known metaphors that we're all brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, how? What a lie to ourselves that w- when when we then say someone is not adequate enough to date uh, their daughter because they belong to a certain denomination. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I guess like, so it's Christian subculture, right? Because this is a term that I've never really heard of before meeting you. Mm-hmm. And so right now what I'm hearing, it's, it's also like you're pointing out that there are differences within Christianity that kind of pit Christians against one another mm-hmm. and then also against non-Christians. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's that culture of those differences that you want to talk about. Is that? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say against non-Christians. I okay. think it's just within. So, for example, okay, just within. Um, so, for example, bringing back to my younger self, right? Mm-hmm. I... I would tell my younger self that that <laughs> how dare I accept a norm without listening to someone's story mm-hmm. because i would because my younger self would rather accept a Christian norm yeah than hear the heart of someone else and hear about their journey and their losses and their victories. Uh, before they would before I would um, give them the time of day to to be accepted yeah. by me and so it's not it's I think um, I think we as all you have as all of humanity has done is create these boxes right this is what's right and this is what's wrong and if you don't fit in it then 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 sorry mm-hmm. right and so I think um i think our entire society globally is moving towards a more liberal way of thinking um and if the if my younger christian self would have realized this that believing in a higher being does not give me the right to put someone in a box because I have found myself, you know, uh, justified by what I believe, mm. then I think I would have um, been able to to not tolerate, but really accept people for just where they're at and mm-hmm. and love more people along the way, which to me is, I hate regret with a ferocious hate. Mm-hmm. Um but I think those that's definitely at the top of the list for me is is the way I judged my family, the way I judged my peers, the way I judged my parents yeah um because 
there were so many norms that were just a part of the Christian culture. Um, and according to me, they weren't living up to, to those things. And, uh, and that was, that was enough to excuse them from being adequate. Right. Can you give me an example of what are like some of those norms that you hold other people to and kind of like what boxes would you put them in? So I, I mean, looking back, my younger self would, 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 uh, uh, would, would very much just, just think of, oh, um, a very good example is really my cousin. Uh, she and I grew up super close. We were neighbors at one point, and then she lived with us at another point. All of these things. Yeah. Um, but she wouldn't all, always tell the truth to her mom about the homework she had, which is such a trivial thing. But I thought that these are my parents, and if I have to honor them, then I have to tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. And absolutely just disregard any trust that she had in me, right? To trust her to do her homework, regardless of whether she told her mother. Mm-hmm. So I found, I thought that it doesn't matter if I break trust with her because I'm doing the right thing, right? I'm being honest. And so it's it's this trade-off between ma- making myself more self-righteous and making her more of a, of a villain, right? So would you tell her parents that she wasn't doing her homework or... That she had homework and she didn't, you know. Or, oh, okay. or more severe example, same cousin, was um, she got really, really sick. Um, and it was anxiety and stress and depression. And, I mean, I'm embarrassed to say that I, I lived a, a very outspoken lifestyle of if you just believe hard enough, it will go away, mm-hmm. right? If you just um, had enough faith, if you just this and that. And so I think, I think there's such an... Such a such a small line and balance of of keeping keeping your mind in a position of hope mm-hmm. um and this is even for me this goes beyond you know believing in a higher being or a religion is keeping your mind in a state of hope while um celebrating people where they're at mm-hmm. or if they're not in a place of celebration like my cousin was at that point in her life sitting down and saying this sucks it's awful and i'm going to sit here until you feel better and then we'll do something about it or not mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um my younger self was not ready or willing to wait for people and i think um whether that is your political stance whether that is your religious stance whether that's your moral stance on anything that you deem as normative to society Mm -hmm. I think uh, who I am today would have been a fuller and richer person Mm -hmm. if I had made the time and the space for people to be who they were and be where they're at Mm -hmm. um, in that season of their life Mm. regardless of what I thought was right 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong too, so it sounds like you wish that you kind of had more grace for people, right? Like d- despite your religious beliefs, um, like are you saying that it's okay for other people to not believe in the same thing, but still hold to your moral ground, but kind of empathize with them? Because I think there's like this other question of, well, I believe this and let's say someone else believes something completely different and I believe what they think is not morally or is not biblically correct, right? Mm -hmm. So then it's like, how do you, where's the line between like, okay, loving them, but not tolerating what they're doing and then also like correcting them if you know it's only hurting them? Like, do you think there's that line? And I think that... um... I mean, again, and I love and respect you, but the mm-hmm. language you're using is, again, is Christian language. <laughs> Correcting someone, um, yeah. you know, uh, having grace for someone. Yeah. Um, and so those are things that we don't even notice, right, we're talking about. But, yeah. but for anyone who's listening to this podcast, whether they are someone who grew up in church and decided to leave uh, church or leave the Christian faith in mm-hmm. in its entirety or leave faith in its entirety or, you know, you're just a really disgruntled, disappointed, hurt Christian mm-hmm. or person who comes from a different faith background or someone who de- hasn't come from any faith background but has just had so much, like, grief from <laughs> religious people. Mm-hmm. I think that... Um, I mean, I think it's a reflection on society as a whole uh, that that there isn't a space to there isn't a space to it's just, it's it is empathy, but empathy can also be such a distant thing for me. It's like oh, I empathize with you know the hundreds of people the thousands of people who are losing loved ones in Italy because of the coronavirus mm-hmm. right i feel for them my heart hurts for them mm-hmm. um but 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 having my hope like a, hope is a choice mm-hmm. so having my hope in the fact that there's a way out for them of their pain while i'm empathizing with their suffering Mm-hmm. having those two things together never feels like an option mm-hmm. we always say i think so many people i speak to it always comes down to you either have to suffer with people who are suffering and not dare even think of hope because how dare you think of hope when someone is suffering mm-hmm. or you have to hold on to hope with everything you have because suffering is the opposite of hope and and I don't, I don't think that it's healthy for our society, and I don't think that is a way for us to accept people. When it comes to tolerating someone's behavior, I think I don't like the word tolerance. <laughs> Sorry, shoot me, but I just I think that it's it's such a oh, for to the audience. Excuse me, English is my second language, but I think that. It's such a cop out. Mm-hmm. Tol- like I'm just I'm being tolerant. It's such a cop out. 
And it puts someone who says that in a position of power, saying that they have the moral high ground and mm. they're just tolerating someone's behavior. That's not, I'm talking about accepting, accepting the person. We don't have to accept their behavior, mm-hmm. right? I swear in front of you multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. You don't swear at all. Mm-hmm. You could tolerate it and think, oh, you know, Kayla doesn't, you know, respect this and she doesn't respect that and whatever. And you just ignore me when I start um, swearing. Or there's saying, oh, I accept that Kayla's been through, you know, really hard times with the church, really hard times with religion. She doesn't know where she's at right now. So maybe she just needs to go through this for a second. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, or a season, or a year, or three, right? And still have hope from your perspective for me to see a different side and then not eventually swear, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't require of you to lecture me. It doesn't require of you to correct me. It doesn't require of you to Mm -hmm. um, teach me on anything. What it does require of you is to live up to your own moral belief. (laughs) Mm. Um, And that's it. And by that, I see an example of what you think is good. And I get to, within my own power, decide whether that is something I want to participate in or not. Mm. Yeah, that's a... Okay, now that you explain it that way, I think I'm starting to understand. So, Kayla, kind of what I'm hearing is... Basically, you're like, don't judge other people. (laughs) Because... (laughs) Yeah, because it does not give you, like, being a Christian does not give you kind of, like, a higher ground above anyone else, right? Because yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of like what the Pharisees were doing. They were right. like, I follow these rules, and I am a descendant of Abraham, and therefore I get to tell you what's right and what's wrong. Right, Is right. that kind of, like, the yeah, gist of what you're trying to Yeah, I mean, if we, were talking to, if we were talking to other Christians, I think, yeah, that's, yes, we, yes. that's the example we'd use. I think if we were talking to... Um, our generation of uh, thought leaders and mm-hmm. if we were talking to our generation of voters mm-hmm. uh, in South Africa and in the US I think it would be um, a conversation about don't judge someone else by by the the, the norms that they hold to right mm-hmm. um so, yeah, I I mean, I think when you say it as simply as that, which is good to say, my brain goes, uh, yeah, duh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it, it does deserve some acknowledgement that there are things that we accept in, in our social realms um, that cause us to judge others. Um, yeah. Okay. And so my follow-up question to that is... Uh, Sorry, to judge others subconsciously. That's what I wanted to say. Wait, can you say that in one complete sentence? <laughs> what, did, what did you mean? <laughs> um, there are things in our s- social realms that cause us to judge others subconsciously. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so in the Bible, it talks about how, like Jesus says, you know, if you see another one of your fellow brothers and sisters, and they're talking about other believers in Christ, mm-hmm. uh, go and point out that sin, right? And then try, but try to resolve it between you two. Mm-hmm. Do you think, 
that is necessary. Like when when it comes to other believers, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. non Christians. I think that. I mean, I would need to look at the context of that scripture. I know the one you're talking about. We need to remember that when Paul is writing that specific passage, he's writing to a specific group of people. Mm -hmm. And I believe that if, I mean, if he's writing to whatever church, right, the Corinthians, um, or the church in Corinth, right, my assumption is there's one church Mm -hmm. because it's the early days of Christianity. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's more more than one, but... I read that and I understand that they are a small enough group of people that they know each other by name. Mm -hmm. And they know each other through and through. Mm -hmm. Now, I would say if we're going to do that in this day and age, then the groups that we meet in during the week, right, Mm -hmm. that is an hour-long uh, discussion on scripture or praying together we know each other in those groups within the church that we're in mm-hmm. right and so I think yes there is space in those groups to correct one another because there's trust there's um, you know a, a, a journey a relationship that's being built with those people mm-hmm. and, and in a sense they have agreed to by being in that group, they've agreed to have the people in that group speak into their life. Yeah. And uh, speaking and by speaking into someone's life, I mean that it's a, an opportunity to just say, I I value you. I find that these are the things that could improve uh, the goals you're working towards, et cetera, et cetera. And and so I think we take it we take it too far. Uh, within the Christian subculture, where we think it is our right or our duty uh, to keep each other in line. Because, again, um, I don't know every part of your Christian journey, and Mm -hmm. you don't know every part of mine. Mm -hmm. And so then correcting one another or... um, having an expectation of someone to uh, to act a specific way, not knowing what they've been through, mm. is is really destructive. And I mean, again, it can be applied to everyone. Okay, I I think that's really hard to do, though, right? Because not everyone kind of realizes that they are in the Christian subculture and that they, I think, well, at least from my understanding or how I do it sometimes, I feel like if there was ever someone where I was like, oh, like, I feel like you shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm like, in a sense, correcting them. I think Mm -hmm. it comes from a place of like, I want you to do this so that you can have like, you know, a better fulfillment in Christ. And so I think it's, but to even realize, like, to understand where you're coming from mm-hmm. and to know that we are in no way, like, we are not in a good position to even correct other people that are not in within, like, our small groups. Yeah. It's it's not something that other people realize because they don't question their intention. In right? those smaller groups? In, in general. 
Like they my, don't question their own intentions? Yeah. Well, like, for me, I feel like my intention is, oh, it's so that, like, I want to be able to model, like, how what a good Christian I am. And I want them to be able to understand this is what Christianity is like. Right. But again, that's according to your definition and your assumptions of what mm-hmm. is right and correct. So it's also recognizing uh, the underlying uh beliefs we have and that's again okay i mean mm-hmm. in within the christian subculture you have the people who believe in predestination and you have the people who don't mm-hmm. and that's a massive chasm of difference mm-hmm. um and yeah some might be right some might be wrong maybe both of them are wrong maybe both of them are right but that's not the core issue at hand Right in any Christian belief, that shouldn't be the core issue. The core issue should be whether you believe, if we're talking about Christianity, is whether you believe Jesus Christ was the Son of God and died on the cross and was risen again. That's what it says, right, in mm-hmm. Romans. And so that's the core issue. Everything else, I think, is negotiable, mm-hmm. honestly. Even when it comes to relationships, when it comes to our parents, when it comes to... Um, the way we expect other Christians to behave. Um, I think it's, it's, it's something we need to take those things into account, right? Uh, yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not easy and it's a, it's a big ask. I, I get that. But I, I solely stand on this soapbox because... People don't need to identify whether they're in the culture. Everyone who grew up in church and who is still saying publicly that they identify as Christian, mm-hmm. they are subject to the culture. And, it, and so many Americans tell me, oh, but it's really the problem of the West. I promise you it's not. I've been to eight other African countries and I come from one. It's not. It is really, it's a, it's a problem of organized religion. And that's a whole discussion for another time. But we need to recognize that as a group of people, if we are in our generation, mine and yours, to move forward in a way that, um, that is peace, peaceable, really. How are we going to, how are we going to, survive democracy when we cannot accept each other despite our differences yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) sorry no i'm just i'm i'm trying to process what you're saying because i think it's yeah i'm just trying to process it and i think just to wrap up but you asked me a really good question yesterday and you said well caleb what are you doing about it you know you're mm-hmm. saying this, and I think I say this because I so confidently believed that I was right when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of times my mother told me, get off your high horse, is if I had a dollar, you know, for mm-hmm. every time she said that. I have so many friends who have been so hurt by the church and have been so hurt by people who claim to be Christian. And I've met so many people who used to be Christian who aren't now, and they are just hurt and disappointed and you know what i would rather side with them than with the christian church because 
I don't see the Christian church making significant strides to do something differently. And, and so right now, I think what I'm doing to do something differently is, is challenging the norm in conversation, uh, reeling in my temper because we all know <laughs> I can lash out but because again it's 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 something that I need to remind myself of it's not I don't have the higher moral ground just because I believe this right mm-hmm. um different people are in different stages and but it's I think it's also having um it's also that I am personally willing to make um or just to give space mm-hmm. to people around me to be themselves um, and to be where they're at. So is there anything to wrap up? Like, is there anything practical that you feel like every Christian should be able to do in order to, you know, in order to be more accepting, to love other people and to hopefully, you know, share the gospel with them? Yeah, I think that it's i think we all need to ask ourselves every single day do i really know the person who's standing in front of me enough to think what i'm thinking and say what i'm saying because the answer is most likely going to be no (laughs) and if the answer is no we need to realize that we need to accept them until we do know them well enough and understand them well enough And even then, by the time we do know them well enough to make those judgments, we would probably care for and love that person so deeply because we would have walked with them through a little bit of their fire and a little bit of their victory. That we would just cheer them on on the rest of their journey. So, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's what I hope for for you know postmodern christianity really all right i think we'll leave it at that (laughs) (laughs) thank you for having me yeah you're welcome yeah hopefully that was that was fun for you to talk about oh you know me (laughs) (laughs) i think you're the first person that i've come across that talks about this christian subculture in the Mm -hmm. way that you do Mm -hmm. um which you know it's important just because it's it makes christians think about like they say that they love other people but are their actions actually reflective of that love of christ's love right so yeah yeah it's a it's a good thing to talk about all right all right listeners thank you for tuning in today we are going to uh end it here and if you have any more questions or comments feel free to direct them to me and i can ask our lovely kayla over here and i'm sure she'll be more than happy to answer but until next time dear younger me i'll see you later bye remember to post and share and like (laughs) and comment and all those wonderful things and my personal apologies that this has gone on longer than 15 minutes it's it's okay (laughs) Words of wisdom, right? (laughs) Okay, bye guys. Bye.